We live in the wealthiest country in the world, right. and the statistic is 80% of American families live paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. and, and, and it's it doesn't have anything to do with uh, inequality of income, right. sure. because people make enough money, but everything uh, flippant is acceptable. are four dads, through dads, and two dads, as well as the aspiring husband and father. I'm your man, Dusty Marshall. I'm a Christian husband and father, hip-hop artist, and co-founder of Irregular for Christ Ministries. To my right is my man, Andrew High School T. Soncrant. Boom! Doing it! And our special guest this week is Tim the Iron Man Hogue. Wow! Mm, I'm saying like that right. That. The Iron Man. I like that. That makes me feel so much more important than I actually am. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like it. So how was your week, guys? What's going on this week? Man, week has been going pretty good. You know, I mean, God has blessed me with some work to do. And, you know, uh, some things have slowed down, but, I mean, he still provides. So I'm still cruising right along. And kids are healthy. Wife is healthy. Can't complain, man. Feeling good. Right on. With the baby on the way. I know. Uno mas baby. Ooh. I know. <laughs> Apology of the baby factory. Yes. And found out it's a boy. So Congrats. high five Congrats. on that. Feeling pretty good. Ow. Yes. yes. Not even a Corona five gun. No. <laughs> oh, ow. I know. Yeah. I mean, we're feeling we're feeling good. You know what I mean? Pretty good. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we're in a. We're in a quarantine space, you understand. We've got a little oasis going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, yeah. In, in this room here, mm -hmm. there's sanitizer in the air. Yeah, yeah, it's being piped in, mm -hmm. so it's uh, it's pretty good. We're good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you, man? What's going on? Week was good for me, just uh, working from home, doing that thing still. Nice. And state then, uh, farming it from home. State farming it All your insurance home. needs taken care of from home. That's right. I'm a glorified paper pusher, and I can paper push all day with my finger clicking and just type it on the keyboard so praise God for that and his sovereignty that I can still provide for my family during this time right now yes, so sir. True. yeah it's been a good week right on man I'm glad to hear it so um we're gonna come into a section of the show where we call who is my daddy and what does he do who is your daddy and what does he do this is where we get to find out about you man so kind of what you do tell us like what you do for work about your family tell us a little bit about that so, uh, for work, uh, I help operate a family business. We do steel fabrication, and uh, we specialize in, like, gates, fences. We also do awnings and stuff. Your um, man card just went up. Oh, One shucks. More. You know what I mean? <laughs> of course shucks. it did. Of course it did. Uh, <laughs> we deal with iron and metal. And I also eat it for lunch. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, well, my dad started this company back in like 1982, I believe it was, and it was, I mean, he started it out of his garage while he was working another job and started building things for his friends and for his neighbors, and I mean, he's built on it over the last 30 years, wow. and now we operate a shop, we have uh, 12 employees total. And we were still chugging right along, and wow. and that's that's been a huge blessing. I mean, and been, getting to come on board, help uh, automate some of the job functions, and make 
things can kind of move into the 21st century, okay. where it definitely was not before. <laughs> Super great getting to do some marketing and stuff that my dad just did not have the capability of doing before. So it was okay. cool. And uh, also, I am a musician, so I play uh, drums and percussion yeah. on the side, make some extra money doing that. Now, like studio recording on the side, like people come, have you come in, do studio recordings for them? Yeah, yeah. So I do uh, like studio sessions if people need like uh, acoustic drums or even like MIDI drums written for specific tracks. Oh, wow. Um, I play in two different cover bands that play around Phoenix and like the metropolitan Phoenix area. Um, and uh, what was the other thing I do? I do something else too. You sell oh, vehicles. Yeah, okay. I buy and sell Dead Sea. I buy and sell vehicles. Yeah, that's what I do. And uh, so that's been something that I've, I uh, when I got out of high school, I started working for Caterpillar, the heavy equipment yeah. oh, company, and I worked at their dealership over in Mesa for a number of years. And when uh, the economy crashed in 2008, I started working for a salvage yard just to like make ends meet, and I ended up working there for like eight years. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> that was like supposed to be my in, in, be in between her job, and then it ended up being my all the tweener job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying always. Yes. And uh, but I mean, I I used the skills that I learned in high school and at Caterpillar and at Salvage Yards to fix and work on vehicles, and now. I have this awesome opportunity to be able to buy vehicles that would otherwise not be drivable or usable, put some kind of little work into them and sell them as reliable, That's usable awesome. vehicles to people. So wow. a little residual, a little side job income. Yeah, I mean it's you know, I'm not some high producing, highfalutin pimp my ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, show. as much as I would love to be exhibit at some point in my life, I <laughs> am actually yes. not. But uh, but you know, it's just you know, getting something I mean, how many times in your life have you been at a real tough spot and just needed something to get you somewhere? Sure. And it's like, I can think of at least a half a dozen times in my life where I just wish my car would start in the morning. Wow. That's and actually both, I was going to say that's both of my cars. That's <laughs> why I decided to get them. Absolutely. I needed to just get somewhere and I figured these would be able to do that. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, being able, and that's some of the vehicles that I like to work on and sell are the ones that are, you know, a thousand, two thousand bucks. Because... Right. You know, sometimes that's all you can scratch together, mm -hmm. and if it will last for six months, 12 months until you can save up and do something else, then yes. it's perfect, man. So it's kind of it's nice getting to help other people out right. and give people good deals on, on vehicles that will at least do a simple job for them until they can get back on their feet, you know what I mean? You care, because you have integrity. You're a Christian, because yeah. God saved you. Yeah, it's, it's helpful, you know? I it's mean, a good time for that, too, because people are like, can you just get, can I... Get rid of my forty thousand dollar car payment Oof. and a car, and can I just have a thousand dollar car till this economy comes back? You know, it's funny. I was actually fitting to talk about all that. We we and might talk about that. In interesting a bit. teaser. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, uh, those those are things that I've I've done for a while now. I mean, between fabricating, working on vehicles, and and uh, music. I mean, okay. I've, I've been doing those things for a while and. If it's not one, it's another, and kind touring of and stuff too. You're like in bands in the past and toured around and stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, had a had quite a quite a like quite a leg of touring experience in my life, and uh, <laughs> which is always fun. I, I mean, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty crazy going from uh, you know local starving artist to uh, working with a band that was uh, internet successful, which was really interesting, oh, and yeah. and going on. I mean, geez, we were on the road for. Man, about 
five months or so just straight. I okay. mean, and yeah. I will never ever trade that experience for anything in the whole wide world. It was, I mean, everybody is so curious about that part of my life. Right. Um, but really, you know, when we were touring, we were touring five, no, six days of the week. So, uh, yeah, from, geez, it was Tuesday to Sunday, we played every single night of the week, and we went across the United States at least four or five times, and into Canada, okay. and some other places, too. And Whiskey. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, we made it back. We're yeah, we made it back. Made it back a few times, and uh, it was, again, it was a super awesome experience, but, I mean, this was also right at the time that my son had just turned one. He was oh, my man. first okay. first little boy. He was just turning one years old, and that time was so tough. That time away from home was hard. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, after we kind of completed this leg of touring, uh, I just had had to reach a point where I said, "Man, I'm gonna have to hand this baton off to someone else because sure. it was tough, man. It was a lot of work." And, I, and people think that too, right? People are like, "Oh, you were playing six days a week. That's the living the dream." <laughs> and you're like, uh, "It was for the first couple weeks." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, until you don't have a shower for a couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? Ooh boy, man. Yeah. Until you got to sleep in the backseat of a van for a few few weeks in a row. That's pretty cool. And I think everyone is probably wondering right now. Well. What band? What was the, what band, was the name? band name? Come on, what was the band name? Tell him, bro. Uh, the band that I got the pleasure of playing with is a band called Oakley Doakley, which, for those who are not familiar, is uh, a band that we all dressed up as Ned Flanders, and we played heavy metal, like really, really hardcore metal. That's great. And every... Uh, I, think, I think the statistics came out to like 75 or 80% of our lyrics were direct Ned Flanders quotes. It's so good. <laughs> so we would just comb episodes and pick out things that Ned Flanders said and just take them out of context to make them sound super, super hardcore. And we wrote an entire album of music like that. And if you didn't know about that band, you must have been living on the face of the sun. <laughs> Where were you at? Seriously. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, dude, and they're still they're still touring. I mean, they, awesome. they just recently came back from Australia. They went to New Zealand. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man, they, they're still rocking and rolling, and they, they're killing it out there. They're doing a great job. <laughs> That's like this, the culture we live in now. It's like you can find this niche market in, like, music, and then just, like promote the heck out of that one niche and just keep doing it and keep doing it and there's like you know there's weird people over on the internet there's people that are into specific things on the internet you will find some specific Ned Flanders fans all over the place I'm yeah. sure Dude, absolutely and you know uh, pretty much all of us in the band uh, we we grew up watching The Simpsons I mean that was a part of even my family growing up is we would sit and watch Right. At like the first 11 seasons of The Simpsons yeah, over yeah, and over yeah. and over again on reruns. And, uh, you know, so we all knew the quotes. We had a good laugh at the idea and how ridiculous it was. We really anticipated it to just... Because, you know, we, we all played in bands together. And right. we wrote heartfelt music that meant stuff to us. And, you know, it was like playing gigs to our girlfriends. Yeah. You know, or like the guy who was already there. Right. You yeah. know, or whatever. <laughs> sure. And uh, so we're like, you know what? Like, let's just have fun. We had this goofy idea that standing in line at a grocery store. And we're like, like, let's just let's just do it. Like, let's who cares? It. Like, let's go for it. So we figured, okay, well, we'll do this. And if anything, we'll like blow some minds 
at like a bar somewhere because you know like there's no other bands in the Phoenix area at the time kind of like that no way coming in dressed as Ned right and, and you know and especially like on a hardcore bill right. you know everybody takes themselves super super serious right. and of course that'd be like kind of a part of our bit is we're like we come out walking out kind of hard you know <laughs> but we're dressed as like as conservatively as can be and then just bust out these super hard tracks and people are like what are we even watching yeah. right now yeah. and, but I can't look away. Oh, man. But it, it was even before our first show. I mean, we took some, like, we had uh, our lead singer's girlfriend at the time. She came along with us and took some, like, press shots for us out, out off of I-17 on a weird overpass that we found. Yeah. And, you know, we were just looking hard in the desert, and we recorded some, some scratch tracks in an extra bedroom, and uh, we released them for free on, was it Bandcamp, I think it was? Mm-hmm. And, uh... Well, so we released the Facebook and the tracks and the press re- and the photos, kind of all the same time, just to be like, "Look, here's our here's our idea yeah. all at once." Right. Yeah. And uh, man, it was like a matter of like a week later, we oh, it was like unbelievable, dude. So isn't it isn't it it's tough? Like you're like doing all of this like serious music, right, and like really heartfelt stuff, and then you write a song based on The Simpsons, and it's like, <laughs> dude, I've made that joke so many times because it's like the biggest slap in the face, right? Because you you know when you're writing music, you're like de- it's all about you're, the music. You're like scouring the depths of your soul, yes. trying to like communicate something to someone and then you write uh, basically a musical fart joke and, <laughs> and everyone's like yeah 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 so the story of my life dude yeah. and, and like that that was the first band that paid bills wow. you know what I mean like up till that point it was just a really like a glorified hobby and yeah. you know you spend so much time honing your craft you're, yeah. you're working and working and working and Again, you play a gig or you get like nine people to be like, well, that sounded very nice. Yeah. It's like, well, thanks, Grandma. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the exact same family members that live in town. Uh, but no, it was just, of course, like, of course it was that band. Like, sure. And you know, then then you get in front of a bunch of people and everyone's like, well, you guys did such a great job. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I've been working so hard. Yeah. And I, I want to hit you right now. <laughs> no, nah, it was it was great. Those those and the fans were the funniest part because they were just the cool. There was the coolest mix of really really hardcore serious people and then Simpsons nerds. <laughs> and you know they were and little did we know that they were so much the same people. Like they were they were just two sides of the same person. And probably the, one of the most surprising pieces of information was uh, exactly how popular The Simpsons are all over the world. Oh yeah, true that. Being a regular American dummy, (laughs) I thought it was just a popular American show. But it's everywhere. But, I mean, it was like, I think, the first couple of months when we, when we realized how many people were interested in our music and, and, you know, like, Bandcamp downloads were like topping a million listens. Wow. I mean, it was like, wow. and these were just scratch tracks. Like yeah. these were just stuff we threw together in like an evening. That's awesome. And uh, we were like, we gotta get some merch together. So yeah. we, a friend of ours, designed a T-shirt for us, and we put it up there. We sold more T-shirts to Germany than we sold to Arizona. What in the world? Yeah, locally, dokely. Yeah, dude, Check it was them out. It was wild, man. So they're still going. Same name and everything. Still same name. It's uh, I mean, it's the same lead singer. We're 
we were able to have some new guys come in and take over the instruments for touring on some of the other stuff. But okay. More nets. More nets. Yeah, and I'm. It's all, <laughs> yeah, I mean, nets. yeah. Check out the website. Hilarious. I mean, all of us Neds had different Ned names. I was Blood Ned. <laughs> And uh, mostly because I was notorious when we would play in other bands, because I like to play super hard. When I, when I when I play, I like to get into it. So I w- there would be times where I've busted my knuckle on like the rim of a drum, and it would it would bleed, and then I would have blood on my drum set, like after a set. So I have like white drum heads, and it's like blah. Yes. So, which is in hindsight pretty gross, but it's pretty cool. But then I was known as Blood Ned. Uh, the lead singer was Head Ned. We had a guitarist named Shred Ned. <laughs> Shred Ned. Yeah, dude. So, like, it, it, dude, the the jokes are deep. They the are puns deep. are real deep in that band, for sure. I love it. And tell us about your family too. Tell you know, tell us about wife, kids. Yeah. So I uh, married happily. Uh, I think we are at five years now of marriage, okay. which is super legit by the grace of God. Yeah, it's legit. It's super legit. And uh, I've got. Now, two outside children and one inside child. <laughs> yes. Currently yes. inside, yeah. in the oven, working working on completion. Yeah. Downloading. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Currently processing. Yes. And uh, uh, I've got my son. He is, he just turned four. My daughter's about a year and a half already. Okay. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, it's, geez, that's telling about, telling about my family. It's kind of a long story because we've got... I mean, I don't know. I just I like those guys. Yeah, they're pretty they're cool. Good. They're cool. Yes. Pretty cool people. people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I've I've known my wife since. Jeez, uh, I think we were like maybe fifteen or sixteen years old. Oh wow! And uh, we kind of school or uh, actually funny. No, we were. I mean, obviously we were both in high school, but we never went to the same high school. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I uh, met her through mutual friends who brought her to a church that I was playing drums for at the time. Okay. Because okay. I was playing in, a, in a, I was playing in like a youth band for this okay. church I was attending. Playing so hard to bleed so all the time. Bleed bleed all the Jesus! Blood of Christ! Man. Blood of Christ. Blood of Christ! And the drummer! <laughs> uh, but man, so we, so we met that away, we became friends, and then uh, there was like a period of time of like, geez, maybe three years or so, three or four years, uh, after high school that, you know, her friends group went one way, I went another way, that, you know, we just weren't in the same area of town, sure. we just kind of dropped out of touch. Well, uh, I had just gotten out of a really nasty relationship, mm. and uh, just Facebook happenstance uh, was recommended her as a friend uh-huh. from other mutual friends, and I was like, I haven't seen or heard from her in a long time. I, I, I had no idea if she was alive or dead or nothing. So I was like, oh, right. friend. And then left that on friend for a while, you know, whatever. Because, you know, I don't stalk everybody. Right. I mean, I try. <laughs> Not everyone. Uh, but <laughs> so uh, eventually uh, she posted something. I decided to message her just to see how she was doing. And uh, we decided to just meet up. It was like maybe... 10 o'clock or something on a Wednesday. Okay. And I was like, you want to just get together and get some coffee or something? So we picked uh, a Denny's off the I-17, went there, and we sat there chatting for like three hours. Nice. Wow. Okay. It was okay. I mean, I, I I said it once, I said it a million times, I knew right there and then I was going to marry that lady. Wow. 
I mean, in I know. Denny's. In a Denny's. <laughs> Grand Slam. Yeah, it. it's just, I, I was gazing at her over my moons over my hand. Yeah. I knew it was the one, you know. Yeah. Dude, it's yeah. so solid. It was wonderful. She, she finished first. her whole plate and that's how you did it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, she put the funnel down and was like, what would you say? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. So how long ago was, how, how long ago was this? Jeez. Uh, so we... See if I can remember. Well, so I we remet. Gosh, I think that was maybe 2010. Okay. Or so, okay. maybe 2000. Probably more like 2011. I tried dating her for like a whole year, to to no success. Mm. And she'll tell you. She'll tell you all about it. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> I mean, I tried, and she said no. And I was like, all right, I'll try again tomorrow. And I see you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There you go. And then sure enough, a year later, she finally agreed. It was actually on a leap year. So Whoa. she agreed to date me on a leap year. So we just celebrated our second anniversary of dating, you know what I'm saying? Awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. awesome. And uh, then, uh, yeah, so we dated for a little while. We did uh, we did some premarital counseling and all that other good stuff. Right. And uh, that's when, funny little side story, uh, I didn't know that much about my parents' meeting experience until I was like... What, what did you guys go through? You know, right. like, how, how, like, how did you know that mom was the one? And my dad was like, well, uh, you know, I met her in February, and uh, I was like, yeah, do you want to get married? Yeah. And then they got married in May. Perfect. Yeah. It's just like, that made me feel like such a wiener. You, are you sure? <laughs> uh, yeah. You, you, you needed, to, like... Gunshots to go oh, off. Oh yeah, and, like, I need like that shock factor. Oh, like oh yeah, dude, it made I me feel, feel it. Made me feel so lame, dude. I was like, I because it took me probably like a year and a half to get off the pot on that one. Right. And okay. and then my dad's like, I mean, what do you need? Like a month, two months? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, you yeah. get off the pot pretty much. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Boy. So yeah. that's a, that's and I was like, man, what am I? What am I doing? You know, what am I waiting for? There's no... Yeah. yeah. And then, best decision of my life, by the grace of God, man. Praise God, praise man. God, dude, I love it. Three, two outside, one inside, mm -hmm. so three children, praise the Lord. Boys coming, you got a boy and a girl, you said? Oh, yeah. All right. Doing good. And uh, apology continues to grow. Absolutely. Yep. Bringing the, bring the boys back to the yard, you know what I'm saying? Yes. I feel like there's a lot of girls. Got to even it out with some boys in there. There is. You know my whole family's girls. Yeah. So I'm glad you guys came over. It evens things out a little absolutely, bit. Absolutely, absolutely. Same with you, dude. Yeah, dude. We just gotta like, you know, you gotta betroth them. You know, boom, you yes. right there. You gotta pair them up real yeah. early. Just don't even worry about it. We already took care of that decision for you. Exactly. We're yeah, making yeah, all your decisions. Dad took two months to choose. We actually chose before you were able to choose. Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. 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 Real quick. Knock that right out of the park, man. <laughs> See, we just took that right out of your plate. You ain't gotta worry about it, man. Yeah. Just play and run around. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Just have fun. We'll sh we'll tell you when it's time to show yeah. up. You know what I'm saying? That's so good. Uh, well, sweet man. Well, thank you for sharing that family stuff with us. Sticking with the family note, I wanted to ask you a question. We've come to a point in our show we call Best and Worst. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to hear about your best moment as a dad. <sighs> best moment as a dad. Um, gosh, you know, uh, the first thing that comes to mind, man, there's, there's probably a couple, but there's one instance in particular that was really, really good for me. Um, it was actually when I was still on tour, and uh, my son had just turned one years old. It was, uh, uh, we, we were doing a, geez, I think it was like maybe six weeks of solid touring, and uh, the last, one of the last shows ended in 
Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. And then there was like two or three days before we had our actual last shows in Las Vegas and Los Angeles. Okay. So my wife has family just north of Memphis. So we did the special coordinating uh, where so she get out there. she flied out to flew flight flight out. She flying out to there. Uh, <laughs> she right, right she out. just flying right out there. Uh, she flew out and met in Memphis, and we rented a car and drove up to a place called Martin, Tennessee. Okay. And uh, uh, my and this when she arrived in Memphis was the exact day of my son's birthday. Oh, wow. So yeah. he turned exactly one that day, and. God bless her for flying solo with a one-year-old. Man. Mm. God bless me, that woman. Mm -hmm. But uh, she shows up, we get together, uh, and we uh, grab a hotel room to stay the night before we leave in the morning. Mm -hmm. While my son was just having the hardest time getting to sleep. Just, just, you know, he's... not at home and everything's oh, yeah, it's all new. And all new. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know, we didn't have like a like a pack and play or anything Where special. Where you brought me, Dad? Yeah, there was like nothing nothing familiar going on in this in this particular hotel room. Yeah. And you know, normally uh, she he sleeps with or near my wife. You know, okay. like that's right. like a kind of a comforting spot for him. So he's just freaking out and we're, you know, by the time she got into town, it was already like midnight. So, okay. got to the hotel room, all this other stuff. It's like two o'clock in the morning, and he's like losing his mind. And I'm like, man, what, what could it be, or whatever? And uh, finally, I just, I, you know, he was kind of going in between us and over to mom, and in between us again. I picked him up and I put him right here on my chest, oh. and he was out, oh, dude. That's awesome. that's I mean, sweet. it was that was the moment to me when I knew that I had to be home for him. Oh, I was like, I you know, because you think you think that your kids don't know at that age. You know, even like right, six months, right, you think, yeah. oh, they're not catching none of this, dude. Kids are smart, man. They catch all that biz. And I, I knew right then and there that he missed me. Yeah, he missed wow. me hard, dude. He knew that daddy wasn't there, and he knew that that here I am, and yeah. he's, he was soaking up. I knew that's awesome. That, that broke my heart right there. Mm. So I, that's when I knew I was like. Like I already committed. Tour life is over. Yeah, I already yeah. committed to all of these other little stints or whatever. But I was like, man, if yeah. if I don't get if I don't sort this out, this is this is what I'm doing. Yeah. you know what I mean. This so is that, a long term thing. Yeah, yeah. that was Dang, that was definitely like one of the best because it was like such a such a punctuation mark on that. That's a God mm -hmm. moment, dude. He said, "This is this is a conviction. Here it is. Mm -hmm. I want you home. You have a heritage, and you know." You're gonna, you're gonna do it. Like, yeah. That's that's insane, bro. To leave all of that behind, it's like a, it's like dying to yourself to devote your life to your wife and your children, bro. Yeah, it's really cool, dude. I like that. Yeah. That, that that chest story, bro. It's getting yeah. me in the chest. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, oh man, it was just because as a musician, like that's it for you, right? Like the touring and the playing and the success, and then God's like, oh, you thought that that was it, huh? Here's your child. Yeah, man. And you know, wow. like we spent so much time as as a family before just praying about it, we were make, meeting with our pastors, talking about it, yeah. trying to figure out, like, you know, pr like, you know, is this, do I commit to this, because, you know, I would have to step away from my full-time job, you know, like, what, what am I, what am I getting myself into, and uh, we came to the conclusion that it was good to just do the thing, but then, right in the middle of the very first one, it was this, like, like, I, like, this is all real cool, 
but it's not the main thing. Yeah, yeah. that it, that's not the deal. Yeah, yeah. it's cool to it's, it's cool to go do that. God can bless that for certain people, but Absolutely. for you specifically, He straight said, "I'm calling you home." Yeah, so, man. Yeah. Oh, I love it, dude. It's so cool. <laughs> Praise God for that too, man. Because it's you like being on the road and spending all that time, like. It, you see the hardship on touring oh, musicians. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. that takes a special kind of person to do that kind of job, especially if you've got a family. Yeah, no, not for me. Yeah. That's why i got to take my family with me when I go. Like, I'll, I'll do little things here and there, but I committed. I was like, I'm taking my family with me, and if we can't afford to do that, and we, then it's not happening. Yeah. We think the toilet paper struggle is bad right now. Imagine trying to tour across the country four times with wow. Oakley Doakley. Oh my goodness gracious. I was even thinking like, man. You're wiping butts with Ned Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> like green sweaters, dude. Yeah. Just making so, it happen, dude. Like, just hose it off. It's fine. So, well, tell us about then about your worst moment as a dad. Ooh, uh, I've never had one of those. Actually. It's, I mean, it's all good. Next question. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, worst, worst thing as a dad. I think, um, you know, I, I think I have this realization a lot, and I would probably keep this as my worst, uh, mostly because I, I feel like I come across it so much. Is that that like conviction where uh, you see yourself reflected in your kids and wow. it's not something that you're proud of right yeah. so i mean there's so many instances like i mean even small stuff it's like you you say something that's just something you know you're like go to little catchphrases or whatever yeah. yeah and you see that spill out of your son or your daughter yet like you're there's that split second where you're like where did you learn that and you're like oh i see that all the time and or even like little mannerisms i mean my goodness the first time i saw my son roll his eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! And you're I was, angry at them oh, for rolling man. their eyes. I was like, pick him up, you know, like straight up Simpsons. Like, why are you look? I'm yeah. yeah. <laughs> But then you realize, like, he doesn't just get that from nowhere. Right. I yeah. mean, granted, we are all sinners, and sure. he is it's <laughs> definitely, definitely a sinner. I mean, before he even knew how to talk, he was ready to sin, like pretty much right away. So, right. Uh, but you know, you those those moments are like when it's like, man. I'm I'm really dropping the ball here, dude. Like these yeah. these are the little signatures that I'm leaving in my kids, mm. and like I, that paper trail is gonna come back someday, it and is. I'm gonna have to look at it all, dude. Wow. So that I would say that's probably like one of the hardest things mm-hmm. for sure. I'm with you there. Yeah, I feel you. On like that. every time I hear my kids like get frustrated and like <sighs> yell or speak loudly, I'm like. <laughs> I gotta work on that. I gotta stop disciplining my children with with a loud tone, mm. you know, because I'm teaching them that to do the same thing, and then I'm teaching them that they only need to listen to dad when he yells. So yeah, teaching them two terrible things. It's pure grace to even be able to notice that, and sure. recognize that it's coming from you. You know, I, I feel like a lot of people nowadays they don't they don't notice that they don't wow. see the reflection of their sin in their children because they have no concept of sin. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? So there's like a lack of even caring about sanctification in a relationship with Christ when you have a child. Like that's what your child forces you to do as a Christian is to come face to face with your sin because they're literally your offspring. Yeah. Like that's that's heavy, dude. I like that, Tim. That's heavy stuff. Image bearers of Tim, image bearers <laughs> of Andrew, and image bearers of Dustin. <laughs> I'm so sorry for those people. Sorry. Those poor sorry. little guys. Oh, yeah. man. Change them, God. <laughs> well, sweet, man. Um, 
So something that we always like to do with all of our guests is we like to do the rapid five questions, random questions, and uh, just let's, let's make these quick. Give us your off-the-cusp answer, and then we'll move to the next one, all right? Cool. Let's do Here it. Here we go. Right. So, what band had the weirdest name that you've been a part of? Uh, I, I would, okay, so, uh, there's, a, okay, there's, a, there's a couple. Let Besides Oakley Doakley. Yeah, right, right. Okay, uh, so, uh, other than Oakley Doakley, because obviously that's pretty weird. I mean, I've come to live with it. You yeah. know, as fairly normal. It but makes sense for what the band was. Right, right. But but if you, we yeah. don't need the money off the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, see, that pays the bills. We don't yeah. want that. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's two two names that come to mind. There's one band that I was in for years and years and years and years. The band name is Snail Quail. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I was in that band when we were, like, maybe 16. And uh, me and the lead singer... In fact, the the bassist of that band is now the lead singer of Oakley Doakley. Perfect. Oh, wow, yeah. Cool. So, I mean, I've known those guys since forever, forever. And the lead singer of that band, he just wrote all of this really weird folk punk music, and that was the band. I mean, we did that forever. And uh, Snail Quail. Okay. Snail Quail. It was kind of a hard pitch. It's totally normal to me now. I've lived with that name forever, but it's like probably a weird name. Uh, the next one that comes to mind that I have to mention: Vanilla Aardvark. <laughs> I love that. That is dope. Yeah, that's Vanilla Aardvark. Vanilla Aardvark. That's actually uh, one of the bands I'm playing in right now, oh. and uh, it's it's like a cover band. Well, so the Vanilla Aardvark is the name of the original music. Okay. I, I play covers with them under a different name, which is the Josh West Trio. Okay. Josh West is the vocalist. He is so talented. Super, super great dude. Great musician. Amazing vocalist. His dad instructed guitar for years and years and years, hmm. so he plays and writes all the guitar parts okay. for that stuff. Wow. And uh, man, we met through like really strange circumstances, <laughs> and we've been playing together for like a year and a half already. That's so awesome. it's been... Vanilla Aardvark. Yeah, so if you thought you heard some weird band names before, there's a couple you probably ain't never heard of before. <laughs> Vanilla Aardvark. Love it. I love it, dude. It's it, like Baskin Robbins 31 Flavors. Oh, give me some of that vanilla art part. Yeah, I can see it. That sounds good, actually. It's like, sounds mildly offensive. You're like, man, vanilla art park. You're like, ooh. Wait a second. Should I call someone? Alright, so second question. What is the worst place you've ever played a concert at? Um, man, uh, I... There's a lot of places that were bad shows, but not necessarily because of the venue, but there is a place that's actually, it doesn't even exist anymore, that's how bad it is. <laughs> it went out of business. God wiped it off the face uh, yes, of the earth. He said, nah, that's quite enough. Who uh, was it? Uh, it's a, it was a place called Rogue Bar. Oh, okay. I, anybody familiar with that Sounds place? Sounds like where I used to hang out. Yeah, well, so <laughs> that place, we played there a lot, just in so many bands, and they were, the, the positive aspect is that they actually had a stage and they actually had a sound person. The quality of those two things have yet to be <laughs> determined. But there was a super tiny place. There was like six parking spaces in the parking lot. Mm. And I mean, hard to sell out. Oh yeah, it was. A re I mean, we're like oh, another sellout out of the road bar. Yeah. Woo! And, <laughs> I mean, it was just it was a tough it was a tough load in if you didn't get there like two hours ahead of the show because like the staff packed that 
parking lot out. Uh-huh. So you like you had to park close, otherwise you had to haul all your gear down the block, and you know, and then you finally get in there, and there's like four people total, including yes. the cook in the back, and yeah. and then you you go through all this. So yeah, dude, that and oh my goodness, they even. Before they went out of business, I said, kind of have some beef with them. Ah, yeah, yeah, they owe you 12 bucks. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, man, if they owed me 12 bucks, that'd be like nine shows worth of revenue. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, I remember they like posted something like, kind of like sideways about a band that I was in, mm. which is like, like that's not a huge venue, and the we're not... talking trash. Yeah, really. Yeah, I'm like, well, you know, it's not like some highfalutin... Venue being like, oh, these guys are terrible. Never like, having them back. Yeah, it's like one scumbag telling another scumbag how much of a scumbag he is. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? So ever since then, I'm like, you know what? Forget you. I'm never playing the rogue again. Yeah, and then and now they're shut down. Yeah, and then God's like, let's go ahead and wrap that. Up. Yeah, <laughs> close it down. Let's tie this up right here. <laughs> All right, question three. So you have to live in one city for the rest of your life. What would it be, and why? And it can't be in Arizona. Uh, as much as I like living in Arizona, and I do, uh, it, I'm, my brain is taken to two places. One, Martin, Tennessee, which okay. is where my wife's family's at. Okay. Because, well, and really, both places have pretty much the same reason. They're just two different parts of the country. Martin, Tennessee, and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I love Coeur d'Alene. Okay. Oh, man, what a beautiful part of the country. I don't know if I'd ever be able to live there, because it's so expensive to live there, but it is beautiful. And, uh, man, it's just having a piece of property that's affordable, being able to, like, plant stuff in the ground, have it grow. Okay. Like, that is definitely a luxury that you got to strive for in Arizona. Sure. you yes. gotta, you got to take the poison, clean out the ground. <laughs> yeah. And you give it, like, a little, and then put it put back. It yeah. And then, yeah. you know, then do a lot more praying after that. Yeah, pray it survives this summer. Oh, my God. By goodness. the sweat of your brow and a little bit of heat stroke. <laughs> 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 yeah, heat stroke is a little, real yes. that, yeah. <laughs> Man, oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, I mean... Either one of those two places for pretty much the same reason, man. Just they're both really awesome parts of the country. Beautiful land, very lush, and I mean, having family in Close, yeah. in in Tennessee yeah. and a ton of friends and support in near Coeur d'Alene. I mean, it's real close to Moscow. Yeah. It's near to Spokane. Right. I mean, you get kind of the best of both. And yeah. It's beautiful, bro. Beautiful lake right there. Dude, and there's there's so many people in both places that are like trying to get us to, to go, go there. there. Come which, on. Which is super cool. I mean, I ain't scared to go, but it's like, man, we've got our family all out here. Yeah. And man, I just... I, I like not having to shovel snow. I yes. like I like just being able to drive places without having to consider snow right. or sub-zero temperatures. Yeah, right. and uh, we don't have any major natural disasters, man. We ain't right. ever have to sweat about no hurricane. Right. We don't have no earthquakes here, man. It's super solid. You ain't got to shovel heat. <laughs> it's pretty solid, man. As long as the air conditioner's working, you're all right. You know you what I'm saying? Yeah. Through that, man. As opposed to ugh, everywhere else, um, yeah. mosquitoes. Have you ever have you ever oh, met a mosquito yeah. that you like? No. no. Yeah. Exactly. They breed other places. They they, they where hardly, there's water, they go. Yeah, and Arizona, pretty notorious for no water. Yeah. Pretty solid. Sweet, man. True. All right, all right. So Coeur d'Alene and Martin, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, question four. Besides your own, what pastor have you learned the most from? Man, uh, re- I, kind besides of, Todd White. <laughs> easy. Uh Man, the first dude who comes to mind, I was actually just reading his book again, Vody Bauckham Jr. Oh, man. I mean, that dude, 
if every time that guy preaches a sermon, I hear him talk, I'm saying, oof. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sponsored by him, just so you know. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Man, I don't know if I could handle a sponsorship with that, dude. Yeah. I'd be crying all the time. <laughs> but it's just like, man, you know, I reading his books, I mean, he's real straight to the point. I, yeah. You know, his story is so awesome. And I, I feel like that is just such a great quality in uh, a leader, like especially a male leader. I sure. Seeing, seeing it happen, you know, someone who has done the struggle. Oh, I mean, yeah. just, I mean, you even think about the relationship that we have with Jesus. Yeah. Where he, he did it. You know, he did all of the hardness. There was not a thing that did not cross sure. his threshold for hardness. Mm. And it's like, you meet other leaders that have been there. Sure. I mean, you, you can put your heart in their chest just about. And it's, it makes such a big difference seeing a leader who's out in front pounding his chest. Yeah. Wow. And what's awesome, you know, one of the requirements for a pastor is that they shepherd their family well. Mm-hmm. So think about Bodie Bauckham and Douglas Wilson, Ooh, you know, yeah. these pastors that uh, they're, they're writing books about shepherding your family. What book was that? Are you reading, by the way? Uh, family Driven Faith, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I think we got a copy of that. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's just so good. I mean, I, but it's like, you know what? I just want to read that book again. And you, you, don't, you don't even get through the intro. And, and you're, you're like, like oh, I gotta change some things. <laughs> gotta change some things. Yeah. Gotta fix some stuff. You're gonna go ahead and put that away. Family yeah. <laughs> driven, nope. Family <laughs> <laughs> driven, nope. Ooh, right in the feels. <sighs> Alright, so and the last question is you lose your job tomorrow and can never work in the same field again. What career do you go with and why? Man, um, if I couldn't do. Um, if I couldn't do fabricating or like metal fabricating, if I couldn't work on automotive stuff, and if I couldn't do music, probably just lay down. Man, you know, I think uh, if if I weren't to do any of those things, I would probably uh, I'd probably be teaching, and if I were to teach something, it would probably be finances. Oh, um, well, that's perfect interesting. Segue. Perfect set. What in the world? What are we talking about today? Ooh, uh, so I don't know if anybody's familiar, but there's this gentleman named Dave Ramsey, David Ramsey, mm-hmm. and uh, he is the owner and operator of. Dave Ramsey Incorporated, I think it is, or Ramsey Solutions. Ramsey Solutions. Ramsey Solutions. And uh, man, you know, um, he's he's the guy who pioneered uh, Financial Peace University. Yeah. And so that's what you. That's what you would do. I think you. I think so, man. I mean, it's, over over the course of me now being a husband and now being a father, I started I started working with Dave Ramsey things before I ever met my wife that second time okay. and uh, the more the more that I uh, grew in uh, responsibility the more the weight of what I was doing meant uh-huh. and yeah. uh, and so it was just the it just the ferocity and, and the importance grew over and over and over again sure. and now it's so funny because I, I when I was a kid you know a teenager I was so into punk rock I was so like counterculture, oh, like, yeah. like oh, 
forget you guys. I don't need nothing. And right, I mean, I've yeah. got so many pictures of like my hair and like yeah. full spikes and, and chains. Cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Booze is food. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, and and now uh, doing things that are like might be considered now hyper responsible sure. are like the most punk rock thing you can do Ooh. and it's to- the, yeah that's the countercultural yeah. dude now, it right? totally is being responsible with your finances <laughs> that is the odd man out of these days showing up for your family what a weirdo yeah. <laughs> you were at your kid's birthday party yo man how drunk were you not at all uh, weird <laughs> man so it's like our parents though who were like hippies back in their day and now they're like uh, Trump supporters. <laughs> like, oh, we hate everything and hate the war. And now they voted for Bush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait a minute. What's that going on here? It doesn't add up at all. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, no, I mean, just uh, learning about how to handle finances and all that stuff. The, the more I learned about it and the, the gravity it even held for, for me and my family. It just, and then you look around and you see all these statistics on the American family now, and we live in the wealthiest country in the world. Right. And the statistic is 80% of American families live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. and, and, and it's, it doesn't have anything to do with uh, inequality of income right. sure. because people make enough money, but everything. Uh, Flippant is acceptable. So it's like, you know, these major companies like Amazon that make stuff so easy to get instant gratification for Mm -hmm. your hard-earned money, they are the first trillion-dollar company on the face of the earth, Wow! and yet we have poverty. Sure. Well, it's because Mm -hmm. our our mindset, right? It's like when you earn money, you're not thinking automatically how you're going to save it. It's what can I spend this on? Absolutely. That yeah. it's like it's a mindset change. So, so yeah, we're going to get into the discussion segment now. And the first question we were going to ask you is, how did you get into Financial Peace University? Uh, so I, I got into Financial Peace uh, actually pretty late in my uh, experience with Dave Ramsey. So when I, when I first started dealing with Dave Ramsey things, um, I was broke, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, I was just trying to figure out, you know, I had finally gotten like a stable job, finally got a stable income. I was a single dude. And uh, this was around the time of 2009, 2010. The economy was falling apart. I finally was in something stable for once, like since I got out of college. And I was like, man, you know, like, what, what is, what's a good idea to do with money? I mean, my, my parents went bankrupt when I was five. Oh, you know, like, okay. I, you know, my family never really had much of anything to rub together. And when we did, it put us further in the hole. Yeah. I mean, my parents were never particularly good at handling finances, at least not until later in life. Right. And uh, so I, I just wanted to, like, reach out of my own head to figure out what I wanted to do. And as I was searching... Uh, you know, I was even just getting reconnected to the faith at that time. You know, I, I grew up in church, and then as I went to college, like so many other people, I have kind of fell off that bandwagon. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was just starting to reconnect to a church. I was starting to really get back into the Word and, and really discover my, my faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so I was like, okay, well, let's, let's see on the Internet what's on there. And there was, uh, you know, financial coaching and all this other stuff. And uh, Dave Ramsey was the only dude 
who pretty much put all of his information just out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, almost every other place that I've searched, they wanted your email address. There was some big put class. Your credit card yeah, in. Yeah, 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 put your credit card in, or like, oh, we'll mail you something, or oh, hey, we've got this annual cruise that you sign up for, and then we teach you all the secrets for making millions of dollars. End up being a Scientologist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> man, they got me. Oh man. Uh, yes. But you know, it's like so. Just seeing his seeing his format, it, it was it was kind of funny because it was like, that's it. Yeah. You know, like you know, you go to his website even right now, man. Like he's got the baby steps all laid out, and I think that that was kind of the the crux, the the selling point for me is it's like this isn't complicated. It's just hard. Mm. You know, and if you just complete the steps you accomplish a goal. I mean, just like with working out, I mean, my goodness, when I was in college, I was way into fitness, and there's no shortcut to fitness. Sure. I mean, if you're, fo if you're focused, you put the time in, and you get, you get the goal. I mean, yeah. even if you're doing it bad, you're still, sure. Sure. you still get something. Yeah. And uh, it was the same, where you just look at the baby steps, they're laid out real easy on the site, and uh, even better, he has a podcast, and yes. that's all for free. Yeah. So I spent, man, probably the first year of like being and like listening to and actively like learning about finances. Just this, by, this is before you're married, before the family, all mm -hmm. that. So you had these principles going into your marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, man, you know, it, it was funny. Some of the principles that I would, was picking up from Dave Ramsey, I, I was actually introduced earlier on by an economics teacher, hmm. which uh, was the first person in my life to tell me that I could make a million dollars in my lifetime. Right. And now I grew up in Central Phoenix, very impoverished part of the city. And uh, you know, our, my class also not rich kids. We yeah. did not grow up with money or things at all. Right. And there was this uh, crazy economics teacher that was like, look, if you make a regular amount of money, if you put this amount of money away every month in an account that makes this amount of return, it will take approximately 10 years and you'll have a million dollars in that account. Wow. Okay. And no one had ever showed me that math. And that there was the first time where it was like... That's doable. That's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, before then you think of a million dollars, it's like, okay, I need to be an NFL athlete. Right. Yeah. I've got to be some kind of superhuman monstrosity. Yeah. Or whatever. I've got to fall into a bag of money or get yeah. Hit the yeah. lotto. Yeah. i got to get into a car accident in Scottsdale. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh. you know, but, you know, that was the first time that someone told me, like, you can do this. Like, yeah, if it's you... It's just math. Yeah. It's just math. You just... If you just do this every day, you'll get there. Mm -hmm. And it was like... And then here was this guy, Dave Ramsey, saying, look, you do this step, then you do this step, then you do this step. He's like, it takes people, on average, 18 to 24 months to complete this. It's not overnight. I'm not, he's not selling you, oh, here's uh, my secret access sure. to this special account, or like, yeah. let me give you my, my numbers for how to do this. Or sure. It's like, nope, you just, these things. here, you do this first, then you do this. And you do this. If you don't do it in order, you will not get the right results. Hmm. I mean, you know, it was it was just that clear. And I was like, I guess I'm going to do it. So, so tell us about, just briefly, tell us about those steps. Just kind of show us the first seven baby steps. Sure. Uh, so the, there's seven baby steps total. And uh, baby step number one is simply saving $1,000, which 
$1,000 is just a starter emergency fund. Because yeah. generally speaking, especially when I started actually trying to complete the baby steps, didn't have $1,000. I didn't have any savings. It was like right. seat of my pants all the time. So saving 1000 bucks was a pretty huge accomplishment. And mm-hmm. sometimes, it's, sometimes it's just as easy as looking over it a savings account that maybe you just don't use, or sure. maybe your checking account always kind of floats a thousand bucks. Just looking at that and going, "This is dedicated. I'm now setting this intentionally aside." Starter, ba- starter, emergency for emergency Boom. stuff that ha- might happen in life. Yeah, this is just to this is just to give you some cushion between you and a flat tire, or sure. you and a dead battery one morning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, baby step two is the first part of the initial Grand Canyon. So baby step two is pay off all debt, which, of course, sometimes not that big of a deal. Some people don't operate on a ton of debt, but mo- more often than not, I believe the statistic is like an average of... If you went to college. <laughs> I think the average uh, student loan debt is somewhere in like the sixty dollars and $70,000 range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I've never made $60,000 a year in my life. Right. So to think that I would have to pay that off is ridiculous, but that's totally people's lives right now. Oh, people yeah. struggling with that kind of dollar amount hanging over their head and then some. Yeah. Uh, so, so step one is a thousand dollars. Step two is paying off debt. Now that might sound a little unreasonable as a baby step two, but you have to also think that you are being intense. In fact, it's called gazelle intensity. Like that's, mm. that's his, his, Nomer for that. So the the point is that you focus all of your extra money. You the first step when you're doing your emergency fund, you're doing a budget. If you're sure. by yourself, right. you budget your finances. You figure mm-hmm. out what is my income, where is my income going? Yep. And sometimes that's just enough to show you where your boat is leaking. Right. I mean, you realize you, sometimes you don't realize what's what's coming out of your account. I've been spending a thousand dollars a month going to Starbucks. Dude, oh man. For me, fast food. It was just, you know, you're driving around town, you're like, I'm, I'm feeling kind of hungry, I feel like some jalapeno poppers real quick. Yeah, Boom. for me, bro. Another five bucks there, five bucks here, you know, yeah. and then you look at your account and you're like, dude, I just dropped 500 bucks a month That's on good. just totally empty to food. Yeah. yeah. Sausage yeah. burritos from McDonald's. Dude. <laughs> and it's like, you just... You you sort your budget out. You 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 balance your budget so that you are not losing money, and you know how much money you have to use every month. Intentional. You're being intentional. you're being intentional with your money. Exactly. And, and that leftover is going to go to paying off your debt. Exactly. So sure. you just getting that part where you figure out, okay, I can dedicate this much a month to this debt. Perfect. Yep. Then as you're paying off your debt, you're going gazelle intense. You're thinking, okay. I work 40 hours a week here, what can I be doing in the remainder of the hours of my day or week to make some extra money? Yeah. Like, he recommends selling pretty much everything in your house. In fact, it's like common catchphrase is, hey, sell everything. Sell so much stuff that your kids think that they're next. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and it's, it's like, you just, that's how hardcore, it's like, get rid of stuff that you aren't using. Get rid of stuff you don't need. Flipping stuff that's quick money, you'd sell any piece of like music equipment or whatever you haven't yeah. been using, that's another hundred bucks that goes on that pile. Even yeah. things like you can't afford already that you own. Like, Absolutely. I mean, yes. a car that's 30 grand that you're making a four hundred dollars car payment for. Get it, gal. Get sell it, gal. it and absolutely. buy what you can pay in cash for. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because sometimes you look at your budget, you see after your rent, 
after your car payment, after your insurance, you're already underwater. You haven't even bought food yet, right. and you're already upside down. It's like, how, how do you affect your budget in such a way where you're functional again? Yeah. So, I mean, he's got, he gives a, a lot of great pointers yeah. for getting out of leases, getting out of like high interest car payments, all this nasty stuff. Mm. But just rearranging your budget, yeah. getting an extra job, selling all of your stuff, figuring out any and all means possible to bring income in to knock out your debt so that your money is staying in your pocket every month. Yeah. So, okay. so the only type of debt we want to be in is in debt to the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And fortunately, fortunately uh, baby step two does not include a mortgage. So if you're already in a house, you're not paying off your house yet. You're just, okay. It's all just consumer debt you're paying off right. completely. Student loans, all that High stuff. High interest. And, yeah, any, I mean, any loans. If it's something other than your mortgage, you're paying it off. Okay. Uh, okay. So then once you complete that big step, you're now in baby step three, which is your fully funded emergency fund, which can be anywhere from three to six months of living expenses. Yeah. So okay. you, you look at your budget, you say, okay, these are all of the necessities that it takes to run my household. Uh, how much do I need to live? Hmm. For however much, however in much case time. something, if I lose my job, I get sick, I right. can't work at Injured, all. Injured, absolutely. And I mean, for my household, we keep six months of expenses on on hold because I'm the primary breadwinner. My wife yeah. is graced by God to be able to stay home with our kids. And if something happens to my income, that's literally all of our income. Yes. So giving myself a, a three extra months of figuring something out is a godsend. So, okay. but but if you're a single person, you don't have someone that's like really dependent on your income. Maybe it's just three months. Right? Okay. You know, you 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 have some flexibility in that. All right. So then that leads into baby steps four, five, and six, which happen all at the same time. Uh, baby step four is investing. So he calls you to uh, invest fifteen percent of your income uh, into retirement. Okay. So you just, whatever your income is, your total income, you take 15% of that and you put it into an IRA, a 401k, you put it to the side specifically for investing. And there's all kinds of different accounts and sure. ways to take whatever your 15% is and put it into like tax uh, beneficial yeah. retiring. And I saw he even recommended uh, putting it in a 401k if your employer will match Absolutely. There's more money going in. How much they match? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And and you don't count the match. So you if if your employer matches up to say five percent, okay, you're just counting the five percent that you're putting in there, and then you take the additional ten percent and put it someplace else. Okay, mm. makes sense. So, so that's that's a fun thing. That's yeah, bonus that's information. Good. That's a little inside. Uh, but uh, so then baby step five is applicable if you have kids. Baby step five is college fund. Okay. Where there's uh, specific accounts that you can create. I believe it's a uh, 503b is a, is an yeah. account that is an investing account that is tax tax deferred. I yeah. believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what it is. Yep. If you use it for educational purposes. Yeah. So. Uh, you, and a 529 is something. 529, like correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're able to put money away any amount, whatever whatever you feel is appropriate or whatever is you're able to cover for your kids. I mean. You know, if you're able to start this when your kids are one years old, you have 17 years, yeah. and you can kind of figure out how much maybe their tuition will be depending on where they go to school, and you know, maybe you aren't paying all of it, but you at least have something for them, yeah. so that when education comes around, 
you're able to just move that, and it's there's no taxes, no fees, no none of that stuff. It just goes straight to tuition. Sweet, so okay. awesome. Uh, and then uh, baby step six is paying off your house. So this is paid it off early, right? Yeah. Okay. So baby step six, whatever's not going into four, whatever's not going into five, goes into six. If there's okay. anything floated above, all of those things goes to pay off your mortgage early. Okay. And all three of those happen all at the same time. Okay. So, 15%, if you've got some for kids, throw some in the pot for the kids, and then all of the extra that you're maybe selling, if you're getting a raise at work, all that other stuff goes into paying off the mortgage. Yep. So once you complete four, five, and six, you're on baby step seven, which is simply be generous. Okay. Baby step seven wow. is be generous like no one else, because all of a sudden, you have your income, you have no other debt in the world, you've got no ties to any other... Uh, slave master on this earth and you you can use all of your income streams to just be generous and bless people with wow so let me ask you this based on those steps which are awesome um, if someone had say a investment account now does Dave Ramsey recommend that you take money out of your investment account to pay off your debt that's a big negative uh, so if you've if you've got a retirement fund, if you've got like a 401k, and that's actually a super great point, uh, because it's really common. You know, sometimes you get a 401k through your work or some kind of retirement fund that's just automated from your paycheck as, you know, as an employee. Uh, you'll see this amount accrue over time. Some people, you know, have a couple thousand. Some people just end up with tens of thousands of dollars in this retirement account. Then they uh, then they interact with this information and go. I gotta get out of debt. I've got this pile of money over here. I'm just gonna boop. Well, retirement accounts are set up in such a way where they are meant to be released when you are at retirement age. Right. So until you are age 65, sometimes 67 and a half, uh, there are actually deep penalties yeah. for removing your money. So you're getting, generally, it's a 10% penalty yeah. straight off the top just for moving your money outside of the account. And then, generally speaking, uh, you get taxed on that. Yeah. That that becomes like as if you just earned a big lump of sure. money. So then 10% plus your tax rate, generally probably sure. 22, 25%. Wow. All of a sudden you're losing 35% on your money. And you're not getting your interest rate on that money anymore. Not anymore. And it's like, so he across the board says, man, if unless, unless you're in some ridiculous circumstance where you can just pay the taxes outright, uh, but even then, it's so seldom that it's just, you don't pull that money out to pay debt off. You so he say, if you could get the money out without a penalty, is that something he recommends? Or is he just kind of like, leave your retirement account alone and just go after it with your extra income? 99 times out of 100, he'll say, leave it alone. Okay. I mean, it's like such a small drop in the bucket that I've ever heard him say that that's okay. Okay. But, I mean, if you've got any money put away in a retirement account... You leave that there because the money that you're getting isn't worth the loss. Like yeah. he wouldn't, he wouldn't tell you to take a loan at 35 percent to go pay off debt with. Right. It's ridiculous. It's Great more point. like what can you get rid of that you're doing in your life today instead of having to That's pull that excess. money out. Right. 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 Exactly. Get rid of the excess. Don't touch that. Right. For sure. What idol do you not want to kill right now in your life? Sure. Absolutely. You try to sacrifice your retirement instead to live in excess today. Sure. Yeah. You ain't kidding. Yeah. So, so also another question I would have is, so maybe in the climate that we're in here with like everybody losing their jobs and stuff, mm -hmm. would you still say to someone like if they have money set aside 
for the emergency fund, would you say, you know, maybe don't chunk out that money and throw it at all of your, um, your you know, debt because the, what we're in right now, you know, jobs aren't set for people. What, what, what are your thoughts uh, in this climate? Uh, you know, he's, he's released some podcasts about this topic because, of course, it's very popular right now. But yeah. I, I would say it's totally case by case just because I feel like there's so many instances now that, I mean, my industry, because we're considered essential, we're not that deeply affected. So my, I, I'm not pulling money from my emergency fund at this moment in time right. to do things. I'm able to up my production in playing music, or I'm able to up my production wow. in selling yeah. cars, or, okay. or and, you know, I'm able to, instead of pulling from a pool of money, I'm able to just go, okay, I'm doing less overall. How can I utilize my time to still keep an income that is able to meet, you know, I, I'm able to flex my budget. Right. If I can make my budget a little bit smaller to make ends meet, so that's that, how we're paying off the debt. Absolutely, yeah. Not not taking you don't think in this time maybe don't take a bunch of your emergency fund away to pay off debt, but look at reducing things to pay off your debt. Is that right? Obviously, case by case. Sure, it? sure. And really, if you're paying off debt, you only have a thousand bucks in your emergency fund anyway. So, if if your if your situation is that you lost your job and you're really struggling. You use your, you're not paying off debt right now. You're sure. surviving. Yeah. You, you're, you're cutting your teeth and you're trying to make it happen. So, I mean, you, you're probably pulling from your emergency fund to, to put food on the table, to put gas in the tank. I mean, you're not, you can, you're more than welcome to put the baby steps on pause. He says, right. put, okay. hit, hit the pause button on, on paying off debt, on even uh, if you're saving up in your emergency fund, if you're able to make ends meet, and have a little extra, you put it in a pile. Even if you're on baby step one, you've got you maybe barely okay. got a thousand bucks. Any extra money, you pile it up because you're yeah. you're in an emergency. You are uh, living okay. an emergency. So your emergency mode now with the way mm -hmm. things are, put the debt stuff on. Yeah, debt debt can wait. I mean, your your debtors are secondary to the necessities of your household. Sure. Don't get in more debt. You right. 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 Make the minimum payment. If you can't do that, at least call them and see if there's something that can be worked out. Yeah. So many companies right now are offering so many different things. People struggling because of the coronavirus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So there's always options. And like what you're saying, you're using your other skills, other talents to put time into an area you weren't putting as much time in before to right. have production to make sure. a profit. Absolutely. So that's what men do. Right. Yeah. And truly, uh, even outside of uh, the current pandemic or the climate that we're in, uh, <clears throat> A lot of debt collection places, if you simply call them and say, hey, look, times are tough right now, even even without some global emergency, if you simply call them and tell them, hey, look, uh, I need to be deferred for a period of time, like just to let you know I'm not this, that, or whatever yeah. happened, just sometimes the phone call telling them, hey, look, I'm going through a difficult time, I'm not going to be able to make this just so you know. Sure. And then sure. they'll work with you and say, okay, like obviously you still owe the money, right. but we're not going to come after you for this, that, or the other sure. way you've got the loan on. Basic principle, don't live outside your means when you have a ton of debt still and just ignore your debt. Because your debt will continue to rise, mm -hmm. continue to go up, mm -hmm. you'll continue to live your life over your budget for no reason, 
and you won't look outside and think about the extra skills, jobs, things that you can do to pay off what you owe, because scripture says something about paying off what you owe, mm. right? It, yes. it talks about that. It says uh, that you're a slave to your debtor. Mm. Modern slavery. Modern slavery. Totally. And, uh, you know, we're called to be good stewards, right? Absolutely. Everything that God has given us. It's not ours, it's His. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a really common move now. Like, that's something that's really sold by creditors to uh, consumers to say, we can sell you a consolidation loan where, oh, you have all of this debt, let's help you clean up those credit cards. We'll loan you the overall total so that you have one small interest rate to clean up all of this debt. Uh, there's so many episodes of the Ramsey podcast and there's so many portions of his book where if you're going gazelle intensity, if you're able to pay off your debt and you're doing that, the the money on interest is so minuscule over such a short period of time, all you're doing is putting the pee in a different cup. Hmm. You still owe the money. I mean, your total debt is still whatever the total debt is. It's now not in five different cups. It's all in just one cup. You didn't. And the drawback is that it makes you feel like you did something. Sure. You go, oh, whew, boy, I got rid of all that debt. Yeah, it's not all over the place anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just one big pile. Yeah, it makes you feel like you accomplished something, which, of course, especially as a man, you you strive for that accomplishment. You like completing things, and it's it's like a it's like a false idol. You 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 see, oh man, whew, I totally did it. All right, and then you still have all this the bad habits that got you into that pile of debt in the first place. Just now, you've got this pile that's kind of hmm, just off in the side. You know, the lights not shining on it real bright. You just put it off to the side, and you're like, you know what? I worked real hard today. I'm gonna go get a Starbucks coffee real quick. Sure. And then, boom, 500 Starbucks, like, co- 500 Starbucks coffees later, and you're like, oh, I need a consolidation loan again. This is yeah. Terrible. And then I your do. debt is growing every year, right? Oh man, it's ridiculous, dude. So, um, what are some scriptures that kind of go along with being uh, good with your money, good with your finances that you can give uh, our dads out there? So, like, yeah, that sounds good, but you know, I could just taxation theft or whatever excuse you've made up where you don't have to pay off your debt. Like, you know? <laughs> throwing that out there. It's pretty solid. Interest rates are theft. I mean, it's true. Don't don't step on snake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, uh, it, so God was so gracious in giving us uh, the wisdom literature in the Bible. And I mean, mm. you know, Proverbs, super beneficial. Ecclesiastes, Job. I mean, they're all... Beautiful scriptures, and if you're looking for some real godly wisdom for your your walk with your family, your shepherding of your children, those are really great scriptures to dive into. But um, the ones that are really prominent, especially with Dave Ramsey things, uh, first one that I've actually wrote down so I didn't yeah. forget, uh, Proverbs 13.22, uh, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. This one was on my mind. And and the the gravity of hearing that for the first time was like you know I think about uh, even my parents parents when they passed away you know we were just you know, we there wasn't anything to hand over right. there was no I mean they, I I loved my grandparents I, they were beautiful people and uh, you know they they loved they loved God they loved Christ they were believers thank God uh, but you know there there wasn't there wasn't uh, an inheritance to hand forward and sure. to think that uh, if I can be a good steward with the things that God has blessed me with in this lifetime, 
where I can even be a blessing to not just my kids, but my children's children. Yes. Mm. Like that's that's the level of uh, commitment. That's sure. That's the level of uh, devotion and obedience that God is calling us to. Yeah. Yes. And you know, it's funny we were talking about this. We're reading that book, uh, God and Government, and that's something that they brought up in speaking about the family government mm. and how it's it's a mindset change. It's you know, I'm post mill. I don't know what you guys post mill, yeah. um, but uh, you live in inheritance. yeah. So it's like it's it's your thinking, right? It's like I'm thinking about my children's children. I'm making decisions based on not what my personal selfishness wants to do and getting a thousand coffees every month, but it's like I'm thinking about making decisions that is gonna that are gonna benefit my children's children, and I'm thinking about this. I'm governing my my own temptations, my own desires, because I realize that this is a long race that I'm running, mm. that mm. my children are going to take that baton from me and mm. hopefully continue on, God willing. Mm. And um, it's just changing our way of thinking and not thinking like, oh, I'm going to be raptured up in 10 years, so why do I, why I save money? Let's get that debt grown up as far as we can see it, because I'm just going to be raptured up in 10 years. It's, it's, you know? it's making me think like, you know, when leaving inheritance to your children, you're giving them something to rely on and give them that push forward, right? Yeah. When you don't leave the inheritance to your children, they may end up in slavery. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the thing. You're making them go into an indentured type of servitude in order to make a living. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, there are ways for them to generate and create an income, but the culture we live in today, sadly, it says you have to be in debt to get Sure, go to college, 60000 in debt. That's what they say. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, I made the same mistake, and I listened to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Me it too. is, but Me it is too. the truth. It is, a, it is a modern form of slavery. Like, when you can't make that payment, who are you calling? You're calling Massa. You're, right. you're yeah. saying, Massa, I can't And do your this. parents are telling you to do it. You know, who, They're yeah. telling you it's a good well, decision. Yeah. Well, who are you asking for mercy in that case? <sighs> you're asking another sinful human being for mercy? Not even the, not even the actual... Company owner, you're at, you're at, you're going to one of the slave handlers, yeah. and you're saying, "Massa, please give me mercy today." Mm. And you're at their whims, you know. So the inheritance is actually a protection for the family to not actually have to go into that modern yeah. form of slavery. Yeah, it's good. And you think about how good God's grace is, where uh, he's he he instructs his children to not be. Uh, he you can't serve two masters. Boom and how much differently you work when you're not working for someone else. Like, how much more can you serve God and His kingdom when you're not chained to something else? When you're free to serve God and Christ and His kingdom the way that He's called you to without having your ear pulled back by some fool someplace else going, hey, ooh, 3%, 3% interest rate, isn't that pretty good? And, you know, it's something I was sharing about on my page the other day is, you know, people who want to do full-time ministry... They don't think about, they, they think, I want to do full-time ministry, I want to do full-time ministry. Well, if you want to do full-time ministry, what can you get rid of? What can you do without? Yeah. What can you sacrifice? That's the first thing you told me. That's the first thing I told you. That's what, the first thing you told what me. What can you do without? Because I tell you what, if you don't have a car payment, if you don't have a cell phone payment, if you don't have a house payment, if you don't have uh, you know rent, all of these things, well, doing full-time ministry looks a lot easier. Oh, boy. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Freedom. God is good, man. Yeah. God is good. No, yeah. That's like part of it, too. Like, in order to combat this debt in culture that we have accumulated, it's almost like 
you need the help of the Holy Spirit to get out of that hole. Absolutely. Why, why else would you want to crush idols? Why else would you want to leave an inheritance to your children? Yeah. I know if they're secular people who do, they don't have a basis or a foundation for the reasons why they do it, of right, course. Right. Nevertheless, that's God just restraining the evil on their lives. But but the truth is, is it's literally God himself that makes the Christian want to do those things, to yeah. urge for it. It's like, that's why I like Dave Ramsey, for example, he's a Christian. Yeah. And he lays it thick with people. Like, when I, I first started listening to Dave Ramsey, I'd probably say in around 2011, mm -hmm. I turned him on the radio. I didn't go through the steps, but I know of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <clears throat> I tried doing a lot of things he said, but of course I wasn't doing it in order. I did, I flip-flopped him all the way to the back. <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah. That's me, bro. I'm that yeah, guy. Dude. But I always love listening to his conversations because he'll get to the heart issue with people. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, look, you, you you need to know Lord. You need to know God. Do you believe in Jesus? Like, it yeah. gets there sometimes in his conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you can, you have to have a strong foundation in order to want yeah. to do something. You have no reason. Like, just, it's killing yeah. You're, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're killing sin, yeah. to be being honest. Like, that's what it is. And that's some of the things that we talk about on this show is like, there, what's the reason for the man being the head of the household except God said... What's the reason for being good with your money except God said mm -hmm. to be a good manager of it? Like, you can come up with reasons, but where's your foundation for it? Absolutely. And how easily uh, the wrong foundation can crumble. When you don't have the right worldview, when you're not coming from a place where you're in submission to God, mm -hmm. you can build up a pretty tall tower. I don't know, it sounds like a familiar story in the Bible somewhere about building a really tall tower, and then God just kind of goes... And then it's, uh, oh, it's all gone. PSU all can't talk to each other real quick. So. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, You're all just, scattered. It just puts it on God's radar even higher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you built this without me, not to honor me? It's God, a long way down. It's yeah. It's a long, long way down. And I was actually just reading a commentary the other day about that, that verse in that chapter and making uh, a note that it was saying that God still had to reach down to see the tower. Like it wasn't like he, Love it. it wasn't like it came in his field of view. He had to still come down from his heavenly thrones oh. to notice what man was doing. That's here, and it's like, boy, you think you're doing something real big, and then God can, God can make you know what time it is real quick. Yeah. But I think about uh, so Proverbs twenty two seven is the is the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. It's exactly mm -hmm. what we're talking about. Wow. Yeah. And the the last proverb that I have written down is uh, Proverbs six four through five which is, uh, give no sleep to your eyes, not slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of a hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Wow. And if you read um, verse 1 in chapter 6, he's referring to debt. He's referring to signing your name onto debt for a stranger. Mm. I mean, which is the, the contemporary cosine. cosine. You know mm. what I'm saying? You're, you're signing surety for a stranger, you're signing surety for uh, a friend or a neighbor. Like right. that's that's foolishness, and you are to escape that foolishness like a gazelle from the hunter. Mm, like wow. like it's not just a uh, mm, no, no thanks. It's like a run. Ah, you know, like you got to get as far away from that as absolutely possible. And wow. and why? Because it's foolish. He calls it foolish wow. intentionally because that's not what he has intended for your life. Mm. That makes me think about. About Jesus, right? Like, here's the thing: this is what makes me think about. I can't wave off anyone's debt in case they can't pay it as another sinner, mm. right? But Jesus wasn't a fool, and He signed it on our behalf and died. But the only reason why He can is because He's the Creator of the universe, yeah, and He's God Himself. That he had no debt. Sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, He's He can wave it all. 
Yeah, and he, he has he had the money in the account to yeah, pay for it. Yeah, I'm hearing the gospel yeah. in that. Like yeah. I'm hearing, yeah, don't don't do those bad things, but also I'm hearing what how much greater Jesus is mm, sure. than any of it. That's cool, man. Yeah, don't sign checks with your mouth. That uh, well, we all know how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, with that said, you know you've given us some principles, some scripture, and we talked about it. So tell us about some of your experience in following these principles. How much debt have you paid off? What are some what is some fruit that you've seen from it? Man, so when I first started this whole thing, I mean, uh, I you I was really loosey goosey when I was coming across Dave Ramsey stuff. And and it's funny because he even talks about in uh, his books and Financial Peace University that if you if you kinda do these steps, you'll kinda get the results. Mm. And I, it's true. I mean, I I understood the principles, but I was not fully gazelle intense. I was not trying to get away from my sin. I was, I was like, okay, I get it, but mm, you know, whatever. You weren't cutting your sin from you and throwing right, it, yeah, you're scratching at it, a little right. scratching at it. Yeah, it's like, itchy. Hey, you know, this eye's a little red. It's uncomfortable right now. Yeah. yeah, and really, like uh, in total, since since I started learning about Dave Ramsey and starting starting the process of being intentional with my finances and stuff, I've paid off over $25,000. Wow. wow. And that was, that included a, a pickup truck. And even after I moved into my home, I, I ended up having to replace my AC unit like the first six oh, months I lived there. That's a heavy bill in there. Oh yeah. my goodness. And that's a, that's a long story about how I ended up putting that on a, a credit card that I didn't realize the interest rate was 25.99%. Wow. And that, that racked up to over 10 grand real easy. Wow. And, and, but you know, it, that, that was me not, not being, not holding myself accountable right. to my sin. I was foolish. I made a really flippant decision and it was like a punch in the face. Yeah. And it, and it was like all of the hard work that I had, I had worked towards leading up to that. It was like, man, you think you're good at this? Let me show you something. Sure. Wow. And it, and it goes back to what you were saying before the instant gratification thing, right? It's like, how can I take care of this problem right now? Cause I'm uncomfortable about it. Yeah. And we make decisions. I make decisions in haste. Like, let's solve this problem right now. Not thinking, you know what? I'm just gonna suffer for a little while. I'm gonna have to work this off. Work, 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 work. work. Yes. And And, uh, you know, and by the grace of God, I was able to pay that debt off. And now, I'm able to say that I have six months of income for my family. If I, if something, if if God takes something away from me. He has also put all of the needs in place ahead of time, which I think is far more true, uh, far more true than it isn't true. I think God, His blessing and His grace is abundant. I mean, it's written all over His Scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we aren't faithful in the little things, I mean, it can slip through your fingers so quick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, He He provides needs, and I mean, if you are able to take hold of the things that he has blessed you with and you know what to do with it if you obey his word and his commandment I mean he's faithful man yes yeah. and I'm grateful that we even had you on because it kind of I didn't know much about Dave Ramsey before I started looking into it started doing some research and I still have school debt that I've been paying on um, but you know it really kind of gave me a sense to take it deeper right I'm, I've always been someone who looks at all of my finances and done a budget and, and thought about these things but I've, I've also kind of like gotten loose about it like oh you know like we don't do anything else but we, we like going out to eat 
Yeah, you know, we absolutely. don't do anything else. The kids yeah. need money to buy toys each week. But I'm just like, you know, as I look at my debt, it grows about $2,000 every year. Mm. And even if I'm paying this much off on it, it's still growing, yeah. right? It's still growing. And I'm not thinking about my family long-term, my mindset and the thing, decisions I'm making now is not about my family long-term. Right. So I need to repent of that. I need to turn from it. And I need to make some changes in my life and look at, you know, the Bible talks about, like, taking a look at your circumstances, what's going on in your life, analyzing those things, comparing them with Scripture, holding it under the black light of Scripture, right? And seeing if what you're doing and how you're living your life holds up. Yeah. And if it doesn't, repent, turn, and make wow. a change. Yeah. And and how good is his faithfulness? I, that was another huge fruit from doing all of these little steps and following these directions, is that uh, my relationship with my wife is tremendous. I mean, mm-hmm. because I cannot do these things on my own. Sure. And, and, of course, God having sovereignty over everything, he puts everything in place for a reason. And, man, you know, my wife, we're able to work together to accomplish these goals and that's the only way that you're able to do things like that. That's right. And when you are able to humble yourself, say, hey, look, uh, this is our plan as a family. I, this is my calling. I'm leading us, but I need some, I need some help. This is, this is your calling. This is what we're doing together. Yes. Right. Like, and then you bring your kids on. Like, when you say, you say hey, look, guys, uh, this is what we're doing as a family. I know pizza sounds really great tonight but we don't have the money in our budget this week. So we're just going to have to make do. And they know what you're talking about. It's not this imaginary number. It's not something that is new to them. They've never heard you talk about the budget. It's like, look, you know, uh, I, I made extra money, but that has a home already. Yeah. And you know, we, you're able to put things in your budget. If you have some flexibility, you can say, you know what, here's 20 bucks a month. We're going to have one month of pizza night. And you you know where that 20 bucks is coming from. Yes. But if you spend that 20 bucks, you can look at your wife, you can look at your kids and say, hey, look, we all agreed. We all are on the same plan. We're trying to get to the same place so that we can have pizza nights more. But more importantly, imagine being able to, like, bless a family that just had a baby. Generous. Yeah. Be like, hey, look, you're not able to cook tonight. Here, let me just have something delivered to your house real sure. quick. It's, it's, it's beautiful because it's, it's you're giving your children something that money can never buy. Absolutely. And that's modeling spiritual discipline. Mm-hmm. Not just good money handling skills, but yeah. something that's deeper than that. Absolutely. Spiritual discipline. Yeah, and that's, and that's a good point too is, you know, this mentality of just let go, let God, let him take work out everything. My debt will someday take care of itself. It's like that's that's a improper uh, application of that that thought. I'm gonna speak my debt out of existence. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> you know what? And declare I'm, away. I'm declaring. The wind of God. It's gone. Gone. Just oh. blew the wind of God right out. No, that but it's like applying is an action, right? Yeah. We're applying it. We're 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 acting on it. We're not just ignoring it. It's not the skeleton in the closet that mm-hmm. I don't talk about. It's this thing that you share with your family. Say this has a purpose, this has a plan, and we're going to glorify God through this, and mm-hmm. we're going to suffer, and hopefully we suffer well for Him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, let's put the grumbling aside about mm-hmm. things and teaching our children not to grumble, teaching our wives not to grumble, and the best way we can do that 
is us not grumbling. Absolutely. It's a great you know? accountability where you're putting everything on the table saying, look, this is, this is our expectation as a family. And if my kids catch me complaining, if my kids catch me with a bad attitude, they know. They're like, oh, we don't say that, Daddy. And it's like, man, praise God for that. Because yes. we're, able to, we're able to look at each other and we all know what the end goal is. We know what the plan is that God set out for us. And we can all look at each other and say, like, look, that doesn't get us there. Sure. Wow. And, and to know this, the plan, the, the goal isn't just, isn't about, I just want to be rich. <laughs> the goal is about paying off what you owe, being a good steward with your money, and being generous. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely true. That it's not, it's not, it's not millions of dollars, although that's something that can come with it. Which yeah. is a bl- is great, yeah. but if you're uh, worried about every, if, if you're if you're greedy with your money, then you miss the point, anyways. Right. Absolutely, you you need to have a good family government. Mm-hmm. Like that's the system in itself, like there without without debt, giving an inheritance, blessing others, and it's and it reminds me of the way our government works today is a reflection of the way our family unit is. <sighs> Right, so the majority of people don't even have that idea of family government. Sure. Right, so it's eventually the government wants to be that God and says, "I will provide for you. Get in debt, go bankrupt, go on unemployment, do all of these things, so I can give it to you." Right. Mm. Right. But if if we have a heart change in our society, starting with the individual going to the family, mm-hmm. we start getting out of debt. I think our country would have to, yeah. because like you said, the children will correct the father. Sure. So then the government starts putting its hands where it's supposed to, where it's not supposed to go, and we go, eh, no, 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 slap you. Yeah. God is the head of our yeah. society. Like that's that's, that's not your place. That's, that's my place. Not your yeah. place. You're sitting in my chair. Yep. You're, you're in a different sphere of sovereignty. Slap you right back out of it. You're in submission to the Lord, Lord Man, Jesus. That's good. I was like, that's what needs to happen. So so about this program. So have you? Why this program? Would you say why why this this program? I mean, it's simple enough. Why this program and not some scheme that somebody's come up with themselves? Um, you know, ha- have you looked into other programs, or is it strictly this works? You know it. It's worked for so many others. Uh, you know, track record does have a lot to do with it. I mean, you can. He's been around. I mean, he started uh, his his uh, financial peace university program. I mean, back in I think the eighties, I believe it is. And he's been doing it for a long time, and people have successfully completed the program and have the fruit to show for it. I mean, they, they're not foolish with money, and they also have great net worths. They're not, you know, flying around in private jets and, you know, they're on Instagram every day. But, you know, they're, they're able to, they have their home paid for, and they're able to send their kids to a quality school, and they're intentional about their lives, sure. which is a great byproduct of of a financial fitness program. Now, there's other programs out there. I, I can't think of the name of any in particular, but even after some of the briefest research, you'll realize that there's um, there's a lot of financial fitness programs that really encourage the use of debt, where they say, hey, if you leverage very specific debt, and if you do it just this special kind of way, boom, you made it. But they uh, neglect to tell you that if one thing goes wrong, now you just have this enormous weight hanging over your head and bankruptcy is the only way out of that thing. Yes. Um, So there's that, of course. And also, you don't need to... uh, You can do Financial Peace University. It's a great tool. You get to be in a group of people and you have a, a leader who guides you through the process of learning 
all of the baby steps, and you're working it together, and you're holding each other accountable. I mean, you put you put forward uh, the things that you're struggling with. You know, we work on budgets all together. There's really clear class plans, and uh, you know that's that's great if you have if you are looking for accountability and you don't necessarily if you don't have a support system like that, it's a really great tool. I mean, Financial Peace University, generally speaking. Um, depending on what time of the year it is and at what kind of sale they have, generally runs about 100 bucks. So you, you could expect to spend about 100 bucks on a Financial Peace University class, and especially nowadays, uh, you can even be a part of like an online class where you can watch the video on your own and then have brief meetings all together where you actually okay. touch base with your brothers and sisters and say, hey look, I'm having problems with this, or, or, or celebrate even. When yeah. you pay off debt, when you, when you reach baby step one, you'd be like, I find, I've never held a thousand dollars in my hand, and I I can attest even uh, from a different standpoint, not a financial, but for even me coming from a recovery background, mm -hmm. that accountability is so huge. I was thinking that same is thing. so huge because it's like you know the things that Scripture teach us about being in community, about confessing sins to one another, praying mm -hmm. for one another for healing, like it community accountability. Uh, discipleship, all of these principles, they flow into different areas like finance, they flow into recovery, they flow into these different areas, and they're so huge because we all have thing, we have blind spots. We all have blind spots that we don't see that someone else sees. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a proverb, and I don't want to butcher it, but it says that, uh, that you know, an enemy will multiply kisses, but a but a word spoken in love comes from a friend. Something right, along right, those right. lines. Mm -hmm. I'm butchering it, but the idea there is your friends and the people who really care about you. They'll tell you the truth. They'll rebuke you with love. They'll rebuke you with mm -hmm. love. They'll correct you. And we all have blind spots that we need other people to come in and help us with. And these are people who are trying to do better financially. And because they're trying to do better financially. They're, they're able to help you, just like a, a recovery sponsor, just like your pastor who sees your blind spots. He can look at scripture and say, you're missing it here. Absolutely. You know? And really, uh, Financial Peace University, super awesome tool. I mean, it's it's simple. If you if you need the accountability, it's a, it's really awesome. And personal experience, I've had the, I've had the opportunity to, to lead two of these Financial Peace Universities so far for our church. Okay. And uh, both groups were... I mean, fairly small. There's like maybe four to six people in each class. But even in just that small amount of people, uh, I believe one class in this is a nine week class. It's just nine weeks. You okay. meet once a week, nine times. And uh, in that period of time, one class paid off over twenty thousand dollars worth wow. of debt. What? And the the one before that paid off almost a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. Can you show it to this camera we got over here? Absolutely. This yeah. is this is what you're looking for. This is the branding. This is the financial peace workbook that you'll receive when you sign up for something like that. And how? Where would they go to sign up for that? Uh, you can check that out. You can go to DaveRamsey.com. He's got all of his information there. And really, financial peace is a super great tool if you have uh, if you have the the mental uh, roadblock that I think even I had when I was going through my my growing and learning process. Uh, another great tool is Dave Ramsey's book, The Total Money Makeover, which is, you can buy it on Amazon, you can rent it at a library, 
I mean, you, you might even know somebody who'll let you borrow it. And look at that layer, bro. Look at yeah. that stair. Mm. He's about to knock mm. we'll, 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 we'll put some links to these uh, resources in the in the description of this. Absolutely. So they can get to it. And everything, this book is simply a breakdown of the baby steps. Okay. Where each chapter is like, here's what baby step one is. This is what it means. Here's some here's some real life application to baby step one. And then two and three and four and five and you know what if uh, what if you're not making a salary what if you're working on commission how okay. do you budget for a commission he's got worksheets in the back that say hey look wow. this is this is how you budget for that because some That's people absolutely and there's apps online I saw that he has apps online that you can download for your budgeting mm -hmm. and what you can pay off yeah right? yeah so uh, even on his website you'll find an app called every dollar which is his budgeting app mm -hmm. it's free that you can purchase a premium version of it, but not necessary. You can use it for free if you'd like. And one of my, the, one of the things that really sealed the deal for me, really, all the way committing to Dave Ramsey and his tools, is that on, on, on in his books and on his budgeting app, still the first line item on any budget that you make is tithing and giving. Mm -hmm. That I mean, you put your income, how much you make. Next step, tithe. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not—he's not pulling any punches. He's yes. not trying to—he's not trying to fluff it up for anybody. That's not the thing that you get. That's <laughs> not the thing that you budget down in your tithing. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah. you don't—you don't have to be a believer to follow these steps. But I mean, it's—he's intentional. He says, "Look, this is this is what God calls us to do," and it changes you when you when you live life with an open hand, even when you're struggling, it makes a difference, and God is faithful. Preach. I mean, it's such a big deal. So when I when I learned that about his budgeting and, and what he taught in his book, in his class, even in the apps that he would make, it was consistent. I, that was, I really appreciated that. that was awesome, super awesome. Love it. That's fire, bro. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us. I think it's super valuable for, especially with, with what's going on right now, and um, yeah, uh, those resources, we'll put the links in the descriptions and people can get involved. And, uh, but now I think we want to have some fun with you. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked about the business. Ruh -roh. Now let's have some fun. All right. The party in the back now, brother. <laughs> so we come to a part of the show that we like to call the Wheel, Wheel of Groom. Groom. Let me get out the Wheel of Groom. Oh, glad I got the... Get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so what we got here on the Wheel of Groom is we have some different games that we like to play. And uh, in these games, you'll be going up against Mr. Andrew High School T. Songkrant. <laughs> and um, I'm going to have you spin the wheel. That'll determine the game that we play. And then we'll talk a little bit further about what happens if you win right. or lose. So go ahead and give it a spin there. Gotta get mentally prepared here. All right, let's do this. I'm gonna mentally mess it up. Oh, that's too manly. Hold on. Let's wait for the manliness to run out. Oh, what do we got? Chow crown. Yeah. Dude, have you seen this? No, I have no idea. What have I done? What have I got? Oh, dude. So the chow crown. What's gonna happen is we're gonna have these two crowns put on your head. You're one on Andrew's head, one on your head. We're gonna put some marshmallows on this crown. It's gonna rotate, and you're going to have to try and eat the marshmallows off of this crown. All right. All Whoever right. eats the most marshmallows wins. Yeah. The loser uh -oh. has to eat 
three disgusting jelly beans from the Bean Boozled game. Oh, Bean Boozled. But if you win, <laughs> you get to take your Reformed Dad's mug Ooh. home with you. Ooh, that's a nice one, too. Indeed. I like Indeed. Alright, so I'm going to press the button on top. You cannot, your hands need to go behind your back. You cannot use your hands. Okay, and I'm going to press the button that's going to go. It's going to start spinning and playing music. Then it's going to stop, and I will press it one more time. Ready. Groom. <laughs> yes. Andrew in the tongue method, it's not working well. Alright, one more time around, here we go. And go. <laughs> <laughs> No. No, who's too fast? No, come on, girl. Come on, girl. Come on, girl. Come on, girl. Come on. Most ridiculous thing ever. Dan. Mm. All right, take take him off. How did this happen, Tim? Dude, I couldn't get it off the fork. <laughs> Dissolved it, dude. I, I was like trying to bite it because it wouldn't just come off the fork, dude. You're like, I was trying so hard. I was like, you can't, you can't like just grab it off the fork. So you got three left, and Andrew has one, two, three left as well. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, so we got one more round. We got to go tiebreaker. 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 All right, man. Okay. Saying, if you can oh. get that off, you win automatically. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, here we go. Ready, set, go. <laughs> oh. oh no! Come back here. <laughs> <laughs> Most ridiculous thing ever. Oh, come on. <laughs> Oh my goodness, it's like not... I can do this, I can do this. Oh no! That's time! Oh, you got me, dude. Did you get one? <laughs> you I, didn't, one. I didn't even get one that time. Wow. It was just growing my beard the whole but time. But you know what? I realized my hands were like this. That's okay, you didn't use your hands, did well, you? Well, I mean like... Oh. Man, the whole time it was just like... Grazing my chin, it wasn't even going to my mouth let's anymore. If, let's dude. see if holding with a table in front of you makes any difference. Do you feel like it makes any difference? Uh, <laughs> I just feel like all my forks <laughs> dump down. Like I, before, they were up, and then as soon as they started dumping down, they were just like, yeah. Yeah, I was trying. I was trying so hard, but I just couldn't. I couldn't do it, dude. I. <laughs> All right, that's all right. Andrew's the victor yeah, still, here. Still the champion. Woo. Still the champion. Woo. Man, right. I tried it, dude. I tried to beat you, dude. I wanted to deep With your marshmallows or... still? Yeah, I'm all right. You good? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool. Yeah, I appreciate it, though. Good. All right. Good hustle out there, pal. That was good. That was good. Oh, man. I thought I had you, dude. I was like, I'm getting this, dude. And I couldn't, I couldn't get 
the marshmallow, like the hardest part was once I got it in my mouth, was trying to get it back off the Dude, fork. And trying to swallow it when the next one's coming. Right, through. right, right. I'm oh, like trying to store man. like a chipmunk on the left side of my face. Dude, yeah, like. Well, unfortunately, Ooh. you have to face the bean boozled. Ah. So I will. Uh oh. All the nasty off colors these are getting left, dude. Jelly beans that we have going on here. We have juicy pear or booger. Oh, you know what? I'm just gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to know. Just spin it and we'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I'll, it's gonna be whatever it is. So and we got three that you gotta eat. So it's either gonna be strawberry banana smoothie or dead fish, or dead and it's fish. gonna be the fish is bad, dude. It's gonna be one of those orangish. All of the colors left ones. are nasty looking See, colors. This, this guy here. Yeah, yeah. Dead fish. We're going for dead, dead oh, go ahead fish. Hold it up for us so mm -hmm. you can see it too. This totally unsuspecting jelly bean right here. <laughs> going in my belly. <sighs> All right, here we go. What do we got? You got, what was it? Banana shake? Yeah, right? strawberry banana smoothie. Yeah. Oh, nice! Mwah! Mmm! Mm. Feeling good. All right. get this guy over here. Mmm. Alright. Alright, we got buttered popcorn or rotten egg, which oh. I know is a fan favorite. That's the... It's these yellow, it's this yellowish one That's the right there. This filler right here? Yep. Oh my goodness. Dude, I hate There's no way thing. you're getting... Whatever the other one was, you're getting wrong, man. Mm. This is what it is, bro. You know, I used to like you guys a lot. <laughs> Butter popcorn. No! Oh man! Two for two. two. Oh. All right. You're a winner in my book, dude. God, you're so good. <laughs> so good, you. Man, dude, I can handle a lot of stuff, but boy, rotten eggs, man. I'm... All right, third right. one coming. Praise God. Good. Ooh. Canned dog food or chocolate pudding. There's only one left in the whole thing, so you oh. got the last one. Oh, dude. Let's Look at this. We got. Last of the Mohicans, man. Come on, Lord. Knock him down the peg, God. Let me just pray over this bean real quick, God. Uh, please don't be the bad one. Blow on the bean. Blow on the bean. Blow window, God. Window, God. Blow that dog food away. All right, here we go. Oh, I really like that butter popcorn flavor. <laughs> yes. I don't think that one's chocolate, chocolate pudding. pudding. It's chocolate no! pudding. Chocolate pudding. Wow. No! Chocolate pudding. Three for three. Well, I guess it turns won, out. Right? Oh. Yeah. You won. Dude. He lost, but he got to eat yummy jelly beans. Yeah. I don't really know. See, I didn't deserve nasty jelly beans, but by God's grace, <laughs> yeah. I got delicious jelly beans. That's right. Uh -huh. he, counted, he counted me as righteous in That's the jelly right. bean game, dude. Chocolate pudding. Chocolate. Dude, you also blew away the can dog. <laughs> That's true. I did use the. I mean, I did use the wind of God. I mean, yeah. we all saw it. It was yeah. here. Yeah. So I mean, it's true. It's true. It works. Wow. Well, this has been our show from Reform Dads, <laughs> and we'll end it the way that we always end it. Come out your beard in the way that it should grow, and when it is long, it will not depart from it. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. This edition versus submission. Sinners need forgiveness. Surrender to his lordship. Don't extort the grace he's given. See, I'm blessed by the one Yahweh all day. I'm a wretched sinner. Deserve hell for always.